What's up, guys? This is Triton and Aries with the Worth the Weight podcast. All things MMA. We are just going to jump right into it. We have a lot of ground to cover. We missed our episode after the uh, UFC 259, which is full of stuff to talk about. But yeah, know, we're just going to we're just going to skim over that real fast yeah. because I mean, with the week after, there was even more drama thrown into the to the picture and everything. So, yeah, controversy. Yeah, fans wanting to change rules, new designs of gloves. So we'll all get into it, but we'll jump right into two fifty nine, and we'll start off with the main event of UFC two fifty nine, which was Jan Blahovic and Israel Adesanya. Adesanya, that's how Ariel says it, dude. With Ariel, Adesanya. Shout out to Ariel, Adesanya. He'll be on here one day. One day he'll be on here. But I just want to say this. Everyone keeps pointing out, like, oh, yeah, the size and size. It makes a difference. But I'm like, okay, maybe it does make a difference. But Izzy could have won that fight. He very well could have won that fight. I think so. I mean, people are making it sound like he had no business up there. People are making it sound like he should never go back. But I'm like, yo, Izzy had a chance, a legit chance. And – it was close. I thought it was closer than what a lot of people were saying. Some people were saying 4-1, yawn. And then even the judges' scorecards, there were some 49-45s. I thought that was no, crazy. Oh, yeah. It was good. For judges who were who scored a 10-8, any rounds, I yeah, it's kind of bullcrap. Yeah. I don't see that really. No. Um, even Dana said. Even Dana said there was no 10-8 round. Like, Dana was yeah. pissed. He was just like, a 10-8 round, you're like literally getting destroyed. It's like – Gray Maynard, Frankie Edgar stuff, you know, like you're just getting dropped yeah. five times in one round, and that never happened ever. So, yeah, I think I, I really do. I mean, I think everyone appreciates Dion a lot more. I think everyone yes. kind of, he's one of those champions. He's got the Stipe Miocic vibe. You know, everyone's always, he's always the underdog. Mm-hmm. No one, everyone <laughs> counts him out all the time. But uh, I think he showed everyone, you know, beating Izzy. Is he being as great as he is? He's showing everyone that he's legit. And, uh, yeah, honestly, I would be excited to see him fight John Jones. I would be excited for that. I really would. Yeah, and it sucks John Jones left before, right after Jan knocked out Corey Anderson. It does. But, yeah, Izzy and Jan was a great chess match of stand-up fighting. Um, they were both getting their shots in. Mm-hmm. Jan was buying on every flinch that – Izzy was throwing basically, biting on everything. Yep. So I think I know Izzy was trying to be careful with power, but I think Izzy, if he would just let go, be a little bit more loose and just be more I don't know. I think he was being just being a little more timid than usual throwing. Which was which is I, I understand, but yeah. That's probably the only thing he was worried about was the power. I don't I don't think he was worried about the wrestling. It's kinda interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see how people prepare for Izzy now because when you look at his fights in middleweight, it's all strikers. Everyone just tries to strike with him. But after Jan showed what you could do when you wrestle him, good enough, you know. Um, it might be interesting. I feel like a lot of people's game plans might change, you know. So Yeah, like if, if Darren Till decides to shoot on Izzy, <laughs> what the frick, bro? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Man. I don't know about that. But yeah, no. man, that's 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 a whole thing. I mean, I think it's good. It'll be fun to see Izzy go back to middleweight. I think he should spend some time down there and get you know rack up a whole bunch of defenses if he can. 
because they're, they're still really good fighters coming up in the middleweight. So it'll be nice to see him go back down, though. Yeah, Izzy <clears throat> is hoping Darren Till beats his next opponent. Um, Who's he fighting again? He's fighting a uh, crap. Hold on, let me get it together now. Oh, Vittori. Oh, right, right, Vittori. Vittori's been he's been active on social media about fighting uh, Izzy again too. Because yeah, I know Vittori took Izzy to decision. Vittori got some stands on Twitter. You know, yeah, he does thinking because they went all rounds in their first fight that he had a chance <laughs> to. Like, Izzy didn't didn't grow from that fight either. You got all the people on Twitter who's like trying to act like they knew all along that Marvin Vittori was going to be back in the top. Bro, I know I knew Marvin was going to be a top five one day. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, bro. Like, okay, dude, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But uh, everyone, yeah, everyone just wants to be right. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. I know Vittori is hungry. And I still, I'm still not sold 100% until, you know, he's, I mean, he's, I don't know. They try to push him so hard, the UFC. They try to hype him up so much and market him so much. But when you look at what he's done, I mean, I don't know. Me personally, I'm not super impressed with his resume. I'm just not. I don't know. He wins one, he, he wins one fight, gets all the hype back, and then he runs into a, a fighter who, Kind of just destroys him basically, yeah. <laughs> and then he's back down to <clears throat> his original stock. Yep, I, I I'm honestly the only fight that I'm looking forward to. Is he having? Is um, I I would like to see him fight Kevin Holland. I would love to see that. Speaking of which, he's coming. He's going to be fighting this weekend, I believe. Yeah, right. those two fights. Um, are they, are they both fighting this weekend? Till no, Till and Vittori are in April. Oh, okay, I think first car in April, and then. Holland and uh, Brunson are this weekend. Holland is very interesting in that division. He's, and he's scary. I remember you were telling me about him a long time ago, too. And I was just like, eh, he'll die out. But now, even on the JRE podcast, his coach is hyping him up, saying he's like the greatest athlete he's ever seen. And Travis Luter, I mean, he's trained with, alongside GSP. And so he was even comparing Kevin Holland to GSP and saying he was even more of a beast than GSP is. So I'm God, like, gracious. that's a big deal. And I would like to see, yeah, I would, I would like to see that fight. But also Robert Whitaker. I, man, I love Robert Whitaker. I'm a big Robert Whitaker fan. I just, I think, I think he handles Costa. I'm not, I'm not, I think lie. he does too. I, I don't even see, I mean, even, um, yeah, Whitaker came back. He had two big wins, didn't he? Did he beat he beat Darren Till easy, and Jared Cannonier easy. Yeah, he made adjustments after he got KO'd by Izzy, and he came back with a vengeance, and he looks great. And uh, I yeah, don't see, I, I, I just don't see Whitaker touching Izzy, bro. And that's really the sad don't? part about. Man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I just love him too much. Maybe I'm just too big of a fan, but. I honestly don't see anyone that could touch Izzy. I think that Robert Whitaker is probably the only one that can give him trouble. And Kevin Holland. I'd like to see Kevin Holland because he's tall and long, just like Izzy as well. Yeah, I think fighters with length. Um, I think Till sometimes could give Izzy some problems maybe. I don't know. I think Izzy's. I think Izzy might be too fast and find openings in Darren Till's um, defense because Till doesn't have a great defense either. So <laughs> he gets I don't know. 
Yeah. And he's hit. Yeah. Holland's length might give um, Izzy some problems. I'm excited. I'm, I'm just excited to have Izzy back in middleweight. Chill down there. Run through the division. We'll see what happens, man. But, yeah. Uh, I, I am glad Izzy lost. And Jan already decided to give the next sh- shot to Glover, which yeah. is a class That's, act. A class act by the champ. That is a class act. I mean, he's. He's such a nice guy. Watching Embedded, dude, he was like the nicest dude ever. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't even know he was getting ready for a fight. But, yeah, I, you know, even looking at that fight, I mean, Glover's tough, man. And it's pretty crazy that he's been able to stay so so relevant uh, through all, I mean, what is he, like mid-40s now? Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, his, his run is impressive, but. I don't know. I just think Jan is, I don't know, too much right now. I mean, the fact that Jan did what he did to Dominic Reyes, I that's what gets me excited about him fighting John Jones. I know everyone's already like, you know, Jones is the GOAT or Jones is untouchable, and everyone's already ready for his next chapter at heavyweight. But I'm still like, I don't know. I, I would still love to see it because, yeah. It's like, why not? I mean, John Jones never fought him, you know, so we've never seen it. So why not? So, yeah. And Jan, I mean, it's not like the lightweight, the lightweight, the, the light heavyweight division is, I mean, yeah, it's kind of getting dry, but they got two, I mean, behind Glover, there's two um, contenders. I, I think it's uh you watching a uh, rakeage. Or Rakich and J- Jerry, do from uh, I don't know Poland, I think. Oh, another Poland guy. That'd be, that'd yeah, be cool to see that two Polish heavy players. hands, bro. Heavy. He's one. Of, he's he's from one of those countries. I <laughs> they all just like they all just mesh together. I'm uh, no disrespect, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I would like to. I don't know because even uh. Even Jan, he, I mean, he's older too. Isn't he like 38, 37, 38? Yeah, like, he's up there in age. Seems weird. Like the heavier weight classes seem to go way further in age. You know what I mean? I mean you got DC. Yeah, and, and I think because they only fight about what, twice? <laughs> That's true. Maybe, a maybe. year. Maybe. So, <clears throat> like we don't see them much. I mean, yeah. Shoot. Speaking of which. Only fighting like barely any time, Amanda Nunez. Goodness gracious! I want to see a statistic of like the total time she spent in the cage in like her last fight, like last five fights maybe. Yeah, if you think Ronda Rousey's time was impressive, I think Amanda Nunez is uh, <laughs> being just, Ronda Rousey's time yeah, in the octagon. She's unstoppable. I mean, right now, I just thought, I agree with Cub Swanson. Cub said he believes she could beat some of the featherweight guys. And he, like, tweeted that. And I was like, I mean, you might be right. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, she's a beast. Yeah, Josh, Josh Emmett could get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Emmett and uh, Amanda Nunez could be interesting. <laughs> Dude, she's just – I just don't see anyone beating her. Megan Anderson, she looked like – she just looked like she was lost, man. So someone bad. had posted – yeah, someone had posted a video of her walking or entering the Apex that day. And she looks so pale and like yeah, well, even scared, in the and <clears throat> yeah, the, the way she her walk and her her body language was like, "Oh shit, I'm, I'm about to go fight the champ, and I, I think I might lose." That's yeah. what the feeling she had in her walk, and I was, she was yeah, tense. 
Yeah. Like it was she just looked like, sick. She, yeah, she did. She really did. Like she looked like she had bags under her eyes and she almost looked relieved when the fight was done, to be honest. I felt like she looked, she was just relieved. Like she was like, goodness gracious, I'm glad to get out of here. But, um, yo, yo, why does Amanda always do these nice gestures for the people she's always, that she's been like, um, her last fight with Alicia, Felicia Spencer, she gave her the belt to hold and wrap around and put on her shoulder. And then with Megan Anderson, she was like showing her stuff. baby and like, <laughs> yeah. like, bro, this is so disrespectful, kind of. Yeah. No. She's like, here, 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 take it, take it. I was like, what the That's freak? one of the things. One of the things that made me like Michael Chandler, like, and kind of become a fan of him was because in his post fight press conference uh, after Dan Hooker, after knocking Dan Hooker out, he was like, yeah. I think that's like disrespectful. Like when you just like go up to someone and check on them after you just knock them out and like you're like, you know, hugging them and everything and like telling them good job. He's like, that's just, he's like, if I got knocked out, I would not want the guy that knocked me out to be up in my face and right. trying to be all buddy right. buddy. And I was like, dude, I feel exactly the same way. It's like, you know, people like, just got knocked know. out probably don't even know what's even happening. Exactly. <laughs> but like, I, I feel that way. I feel like it's like, dude, I'm not going to do like some weird, awkward, like putting the belt around my opponent, it's like, dude, she probably hated that. I bet, I bet she, she gave Felicia Spencer and put it on her shoulder, like, here, here, this is here. Feel, feel like how it is to be champion. Like, <laughs> just trying to be nice, but it just came off like that's kind of that's messed up. Yeah, it's like condescending. <laughs> it's condescending in a way, to be honest. It's patronizing, like seriously. But yeah, I don't see Amanda Nunez losing anytime soon. I mean, I don't know. I really don't. She needs to just go box. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, well, it, even on the <laughs> UFC.com and the rankings, the featherweight is – they don't even have rankings anymore. They, they just kind of cleared her out. <laughs> it's kind of sad. The only person I think has a chance literally is Valentina at bantamweight. That's it. And even that's like a tall order. Like seriously. Yeah. Even I do think Valentina won that second fight, even though it's pretty uneventful. But I still thought she won. I mean, did you uh, see who was popping off though? Who? Juliana Pena. Really? She was popping off. She she had she got interviewed, and she was saying, "I can give Amanda problems that she's never seen before." <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, I respect you, but we'll see." I, I know you're gonna try to get her down to the ground and submit her, but. Because um, she brought up the Cat Zingano fight with Amanda Nunes, and it's like Cat. Gave her problems. Showed holes in her problems. But that was like three, four years ago. Yeah. I was like. Wait, Pena's. She's a feather. Featherweight? She's a bantamweight. Oh, okay. Okay. When's it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's still tough. I mean, you got to get close. And to get close on Amanda Nunez, that's. I mean, Pena's tough. Pena's a tough one. But, man, yeah. It's Amanda Nunez, dude. It, it is. She's probably... the person that put. All the the myth to uh, Cyborg just to sleep right away, like quite literally. Everyone I thought, thought Cyborg was the greatest for such a long time, right? But she uh, knocked yeah. her out in the first round. Goodness gracious! I thought I'd never see the day of Cyborg lost like that. I would like to see a rematch. To be honest, I think it'd be cool for them to run it back because I mean, you know, Cyborg's going to make adjustments, and you know, Cyborg has the strength and the power to to match Amanda at featherweight. So I mean. I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't try to run that back. It's like, dude, what else do you guys have? What else does the, the women's featherweight have? Like, why, why not try to run that fight back? But 
do you do you put Amanda Nunes in UFC GOAT conversations? Mm, it's tough, man, because I do I believe in strength of schedule to a certain extent, I do. And I, yeah, I just feel like level. Yeah. I like you know with Ronda Rousey, like she everyone thought she was amazing and the greatest. But we saw as soon as every all the other women started getting better, she got showed up big time. Big time. She got whooped. And yeah, I, I mean, feel she like, was beating people like uh, like Sarah McMahon and like yeah. uh Liz Camuch, which I'm not I'm not bragging, but I just think um Ronda's judo was just far superior and that's what got her the wins that she yeah. got. I think so. like I if you were to put prime Ronda Rousey in the Bantamweight division today, I honestly believe she'd probably be like a seven or eight rank at best. But she mm. definitely I mean Yeah. Yeah, I I do. I still think she'd be top ten. I think she'd still be competitive. I think like towards the end of her, her UFC career, I think she just got, you know, carried away with other things and she wasn't just like purely focused on the fighting you know i mean she was in movies and stuff and yeah you know she was just you know kind of like tyron woodley thing you know tyron's just kind of, i just feel like he's he's got other things going on and i mean look how he's doing now it's like man it's just sad to see it sad yeah it hurts my heart being a, a <laughs> big does. woodley fan it's tough yeah but yeah i don't think amanda's going anywhere anytime soon but I wouldn't put her in like the goat conversation of like of all time, you know, like greatest of all time. Just because okay. I mean, I just think she's that far ahead of everybody. So yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, the Coco main event that was, I mean, shoot, that was a very interesting fight, very telling. I think uh, Jan was the underdog going in, wasn't he? Uh, Peter, I think, Peter? I, I think the, the odds were very, very close. Yeah, he wasn't a big underdog, I don't think. But but I do think Aljo, I don't know. If I remember correctly, I believe Aljo was the favorite. But um, I think what we all saw, I mean, I feel like we kind of already knew that Jan was a beast. Because I think I had Jan winning. Didn't you have Jan winning? Yeah, I picked him to win pretty convincingly, yeah. And he, it was kind of going that way. I mean, goodness gracious, Aljamain Sterling, the, the pace he started off with, gosh. Like, yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> he came out fast, fast, fast. It, it was, was impressive. Like, but but yeah. I think once once Jan adapted to what Aljamain was trying to do, yeah, by the round two and going into the third, yeah, he, Sterling had no answer for Jan. And Jan just covered up. He was just like covering up his head and then Aljamain just punched himself out, you know, which happened. I mean, yeah. Aljamain slowed down a lot. A lot. And uh, that fourth round before that knee happened, I mean, Jan was – even those little trips he was doing, I was like, what the heck? Those beautiful one-legged trips? Yeah, I was like, crap. I've never <laughs> seen that happen so successfully so many times in one fight. My God. Yeah. It's like a clothesline choke slam. I don't even know. <clears throat> but uh, but I, I heard um, I heard Matt Sarah was not even in Al- Aljo's corner that that night. Yeah, it was like a dude. It was sad. I don't know. Like Aljo, I think Aljo told him he didn't want him in the corner because that's what Matt Sarah said. And 
I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, uh, Matt Sarah was pretty vocal about it, and he he talked about it, I believe, in an interview. But I I haven't watched it yet. And but just the fact that that happened, I was like, damn, that kind of sucks. Like Matt Sarah, I thought that was like his guy, but yeah. Who knows, man? I I do think that uh, Aljamain's in a tough position. I think he's in a really tough position, to be honest. Yeah, all that drama that came up after, you know, people saying Aljo was faking the the concussion yeah. and soaking it all in, which, yeah, I think so too, but he also just got hit in the head with a big old knee. So I can see him, you know, covering well, up, saying out, but, yeah, I think Aljo kind of soaked it in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Brendan Schaub made a good point on his podcast. He was saying – even if, like, let's say, even if Aljo continued, he probably still would have won because of the point deduction that would have happened. Um, Brendan Schaub said it would have been two point deduction from Jan. So he said, mm-hmm. "I mean that, and that is if Aljo could have survived, because I mean Jan was going in. So, I mean, if it did go to decision, even after they continued, there's a good chance that." That Aljo still would have won. Yeah, so, I can see some of those judges giving Aljo having him up up on those scorecards because he was being more active. Yeah, he was super active. I at least gave Aljo. Uh, yeah, I think I texted what I thought. I think I gave round Aljo the one. Oh, uh, you said round one was a tie. Round two was Aljo. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that they should run it back. But I think honestly, I think now that Aljo knows what he's dealing with, I think he's hesitant. I really do. Um, I think so too. I don't think anything's been announced, right? Nothing's been announced. No, just a whole bunch of talking on Twitter. Um, Suhudo's big, big-headed ass has inserted his name into Aljo's mentions and Twitter well, comments. I think Suhudo just—he finally is out of the uh, USADA testing pool because even a lot of these fighters, after they announce their retirement, they'll still be in the drug test or they'll still be in the USADA testing pool to where they're still being drug tested. And so, like with Khabib, he's still in the Osada testing pool. He's still being tested. And so that's making a lot of people think like, oh, he might still be competing because he's still getting tested. But Which I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. But Cejudo's actually not in – I think he just um, got released from the testing pool like this week or something. So I don't think anything's happening there. I mean, obviously, if Dana makes him a, an offer he can't refuse and shows him money – sure he'll come back right away which would be interesting but i'm still hanging in there for my boy cody garbrandt just saying i think i would love to see cody versus um peter young i i think it'd be great i think it'd be fun yeah i'm I'm willing to see cody against any one right now just the way he looks like he improved so I mean, I kind of want him to get back at Dillashaw, to be honest with you, but oh, I think yeah. Dillashaw is focused on um, – He's all for that too. San Hagen. I think he's fighting Aldo actually, right? Who's that, Cody? Yeah. That's the fight that he's going to Dana about, but um, I don't know if it's official or not. Yeah, I don't know if it is either, but I know like, – according to Cody, he said him and Aldo are both for it. So that would be, that would be a fun one to watch. I yeah. think Cody gets Aldo, but we'll see. Aldo's been surprising me, so we'll see. He's back to his leg kicks, too, so that's pretty nice. Yep. But, 
Um, even with the UFC 259 main card, um, yeah, it was a, it was. I mean, besides Jan and Sterling, I think the card was it was good. It was pretty good. I think hard. Yeah, I, th- I think it, the main card started off slow because it was supposed to be a big fight, but it was kind of not. And oh, dude, Islam, shoot! You know, yeah, Islam handled uh, Drew Dober. Yeah, Islam which, coming up. Yeah, I th- I thought Drew Dober was going to be more a tougher matchup for Islam, but Islam showed that he got some Khabib in his blood and. Yeah, that man is different. <laughs> it's kind of tough because, like, I feel like he's everyone's going to be calling him Khabib 2.0 all the time. Like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, it's just he's going to be in Khabib's shadow. We'll see. Unless he ever be- beats Khabib, I feel like he's going to be. be in that's going to be every Russian that wrestles. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like Khabib's next Khabib. But I mean, shoot, everyone's saying he's the next. He's the next big thing. I mean, people are saying that his striking is better than his grappling, which is crazy. That is pretty crazy. Um, I'd like to call out, great call out, Tony Ferguson. Oh, yes. I would love to see it. I, I'm not counting Tony out yet. A lot of people are. I'm not. I still think Tony's got a lot left, and I think it would be great to see those two fight. Even for all the people that wanted to see Khabib and Tony, I think that would be a good uh, – Alternative to Khabib and Tony, <laughs> Islamic and Tony, so it'll be nice. <laughs> I know uh, my friend said, "What if Tony beats Islam, and then Khabib sees a revenge tour and uh, comes back and fights Tony?" <laughs> That'd be great. So much drama. I love it. The build up. Yeah, that'd be great. <clears throat> I mean, not to get off off. Uh, I just want to get off on a little sidetrack right now, but. What was this, uh, announced today is Gaethje and versus Chandler is being talked about. Heck being yeah. scheduled. Heck yeah. I love that fight. That's big. Wrestlers that love to swing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, man. I love my that's, boy Justin Gaethje. I do. But that's a tough fight, man. That's a tough fight. Yeah. Hated <clears throat> Chandler when he came in. Just trying to be like a freaking UFC fanboy over here. You know, be against Bellator, but right. Chandler is the truth. And the more interviews I watch watch about him, you the like more him? I like the dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that dude's a I real. Like, he's I a like, real like, dude, man. As a guy, I like him. Yeah, just like yeah, who he is as a person. Just the things he says, I'm like, you're not bad. You're not bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop hating just because you came from Bellator. <laughs> That's a tough fight, man. Man, imagine imagine he beats Justin Gaethje. Oh shit! He beats Dan Hooker and Justin Gaethje. That's right off the bat. That's a crazy resume. Just those two. Yeah. That's wild. Especially but stylistically yeah. as well. That'll be a fun fight. It'll be a really fun fight. But you know, I mean, kind of going off the announcements though, you heard of who's announced, right? Jorge versus uh, Usman. Oh, Usman. Yeah, it's, it's announced. They're fighting in April. Oh, shit. In April. That's and a great card, too. Yeah. The Waylee versus Rose and um, Heck yeah, Rose. Let's go. the other girl fight. Oh, yeah. I think Valentina. Valentina, Valentina versus uh, yeah. her next win. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who it Oh, Andrade. Jessica Andrade. That, that'll be interesting. Jessica Andrade. She didn't have to cut, so she's still going to be big and strong. 
I like Andraja flyweight. Yeah, the power and uh, yeah, that'd be still a tank, you know. Yeah. So that should be interesting. That'll be a fun card, and they're supposed to be a full crowd. They're doing it in Miami, in Florida. And yeah, I said there's gonna be a full crowd. It'd be crazy. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't know. It feels weird. I've, I've, you know, got adjusted to this no crowd thing. I kind of like it. I do. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's pretty. Deep. I mean, without with that, I mean, to some main events, I would like crowds, but for the most part, I like prelims with no fans, and I don't know. It's gonna be wild. It's Everyone gets that same wild. treatment of of no fans. Like you know how even if there were fans in the stands, um, people wouldn't come until like the main car starts. Right. So prelims and early prelims are empty. Right. So, yeah, I like it. Everyone gets the same treatment of no fans. And, yeah, it's going to be weird having fans again. It is. It's going to be wild. It'll probably be a crazy, crazy crowd, too. Hearing the coaches in the corners yeah. and talking. Yeah, it's, it's great. Dude, speaking of the talking, remember when they caught Tim Elliott on his fight? Did you, did you see that? Oh. Tim Elliott was beating the crap out of – I can't remember the dude's name. Espinoza? But, yeah. Oh, man. And, and he was like – they caught it on camera, and like even the commentators acknowledged it too. They weren't supposed to pick it up, or Tim Tim Elliott said they didn't think the mics would pick it up. But he was like, "You beat your girlfriend up? I heard you beat your girlfriend up." And he was like, "Oh my god!" He was on top of him, like, "Oh my!" And he was saying, "Dude, you gotta look up the clip. It's pretty crazy." He was like right next to the gate, and the camera was right there, you know, in their face, the the close up view they have, and you could just hear Tim Elliott, "Heard you beat your girl." And he was just like talking crap. I was like, dang, this just got dark. Yeah, I, I, that's one dude I expected a little bit more from after going all rounds with uh, yeah, Nicky, my, yeah. my, uh, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought he, he was about to lose that fight, actually. Yeah, I, I was impressed. I, I liked him, Elliot, because of I was like, who is this dude? Yeah, he was like ranked number 12 when he fought DJ. This Joe like, Dirt looking guy. Almost choked him. Almost, I almost had that rear naked choke. Yeah. That was impressive. Um, but yeah, a lot going on. Like, like, like we said at the beginning, there's so much to touch on. I mean, we grazed over 259. I I think overall is a great event, even with the drama with Dominic Cruz. I mean, with his call out, the the Monster Energy guy. That's what I've been calling him, Monster Energy guy. Yeah, I actually looked into that after. I think everyone the did, whole I think the whole event. Did. Yeah, everyone that interview. I was like, and like, I don't even know who. Yeah. I was like, is this the fighter? I was like, yeah, I never heard of him. Is he uh, coming from Bellator or something? I don't know. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting call out, but I think, you know, it's kind of like the, the genius of Dom. Because, I mean, in the, in the age of, like, all the YouTube stars fighting, you know, it's like, it's really not that far-fetched when you think about it, you know? Calling out someone mm-hmm. that's not really a fighter on the roster. It's like... So, I mean, that's what's going on right now. Got all these YouTube guys calling out boxers and boxers calling out MMA guys, you know. So, yeah, he saw his opportunity. <laughs> he took it. But Dom did look good. I was I was very happy to see because, you know, I love Dom. And I – Yeah, I'm trying to find – Cody was like watching a superhero die or something. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm trying to find a – where does Cruz go from here? fight right because everyone ranked ab- above him is just so heavy-handed and i don't think dom could take a punch 
Where is he ranked? Was he ranked number eleven in that fight, or was he? Yeah, no, no, he's number nine right now. Okay, and who's? I don't got the rankings pulled up. Who's number eight? So, so a fight I would like to see who also is coming off a win that night is Pedro Munoz. That'd be nice. Very heavy-handed, though. But yeah, that would be. Yeah, and um, yeah. I think that'd be a good matchup actually for Dom because Pedro's not the quickest and fastest guy. Oh, true. Very He's true. Because I remember watching the Aljo fight when he fought Aljamain Sterling, and Aljo was way too fast for him. And then even Cody. Cody should have won that fight, but he just got way too emotional. It made for a great clip when they're just trading right hooks in the middle of the ring or the octagon. Yeah, Pedro does Yeah, Pedro does get comfortable of chasing, uh, probably throwing too much and lunging forward. Which with Dom's body movements and how yeah. he moves, yeah, yeah, I could see that being a a good fight for Dom actually. Stylistically, yeah, and they're both coming off a win too. Pedro just yeah. beat Jimmy, right? Yep. So that'd be yeah, I would like to see that actually. That'd be a good fight for Dom, especially if Dom shows up like he did, and it's a three round fight because Dom did look a little tired after that fight. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, if it's a three round, yeah. I mean, which it would be. It definitely wouldn't be a main event, but it would be on a main card. I can see it being on, like, a main card for a fight night. Yeah. <clears throat> so, to um, kind of wrap up 259, um, two prospects I want to shout out who kind of came on everyone's radar after this pay-per-view was uh, Sean Brady and Kyler Phillips. Different weight classes, but they – with their wins, they they cracked into the top fifteen of their divisions. Um, I think Sean Brady is very very dangerous. I've heard a lot of these analyst guys talking highly of him. I didn't watch his fight, but usually when you got DC talking about him and Joe talking about him, you know, it does make you want to tune in and check him out. Bro, I, I <laughs> the way uh, Brady handled. Um, Matthews and Jake Matthews is a tough dude. Yeah, um, I'm really impressed. So the welterweight division has a undefeated dark horse in that division now. Man, that division is wild right now. Even with what know, happened the weekend after uh, 259. I mean, with the oh, words and this thing. This past weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another situation, dude. That's just like, first of all, it's like you feel bad for Leon, you know? I mean, at least I did. I don't know if if like the MMA community as a whole, like overall feel bad. Cause I, I do feel like Leon's kind of like a very disliked person. I don't know. He is. I think he is. And I don't think he cares though. Yeah. But he, he's just not personable. He doesn't, you know, he's just there to fight, you know? But, um, I, I felt bad, but the way Leon was talking after, talking about title fights he right. deserves, I don't agree with that. Right. I mean, yeah, you won, but and probably you were going to win that fight. But I don't know. The way he took that win or that no contest or whatever, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. Well, yeah, like it's many, like right after the fight, many. he seemed apologetic and he – you know, even in the post-fight press conference, he was like, he seemed pretty apologetic, right? But then he starts talking about, like, 
no, I don't want to fight him again. Like, I don't think I have to. And part of me understands, because that first round was pretty lopsided, in my opinion. I think Leon outperformed him, like, in every Le- facet, really. So, in the weigh-ins, they, they looked uh, – Leon looked huge, and he was taller. But in that octagon, his length and just the span of the body and yeah. the way his his reach – but yeah, it was just crazy. I don't he think Bilal good. was expecting that at all. Leon looked good. Like, he looked really good. Like, I, I was very impressed. And, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was, like, he was just eager and anxious to get back in the octagon because it's been, oh, like, yeah, what, sure. two years. But still, like, he looked – I don't know. And even though it was Bilal, who's an animal in my opinion, he just made it look easy. That first round was like nothing. And I feel like the biggest – one of his biggest strengths, one of Leon Edwards' biggest strengths is his ability to stick to the game plan. Because, like, watching his fights, I've noticed that he, like, it's, it's kind of hard to say, like, oh, Leon does this every fight or Leon does that every fight. Because he mixes it up really well. Like, he's just all around a really good fighter, like, everywhere. And so yeah. he goes in with the game plan and he sticks to it. And I, I think that's one of his biggest strengths. And I feel like... Uh, yeah, I don't think it. I, I think he would have beat Bilal. I, just my opinion. I think he would have beat him pretty easy. Yep. It's it's Same. tough to say if they should fight again because I mean Bilal is number. He was only ranked thirteen. You know, so I don't know. It's tough. It's kind of like, does Leon take the? Does he fight again and take that risk? You know, because I mean, what if he loses in a rematch? <laughs> That'd be terrible, dude. That'd be <laughs> awful. That'd be like he'd be like like the most unlucky fighter ever. If that were to happen. So because that fight didn't go long and Leon didn't get hit at, at all, basically, and he's still healthy to go, I I wouldn't do that fight again. But I think this is an opportunity to set up Wonder Boy versus Leon. Yes. Even when they there. just even when they just announced the Us- Usman versus Masvidal. So give Leon to Stephen Boy or Wonder Boy and then let them fight it out for the number one contender, I think. I think so. I mean, honestly, I would have been happy if Wonder Boy was to fight for the belt already before Jorge, to be honest. But Yeah, that's what I was calling for too. And I, I mean, like I said, like a lot of people, man, you know me. I've been I've been saying for a while, you know, that I feel like Wonder Boy is still just as dangerous as he was in the past. Like people think that he fell off like well, had a draw or majority draw with Tyron in the first fight, then lost to him the second fight, which was and kind then of got knocked out by Pettis. Yeah. But you know, Pettis pulled off that. You know, yeah, and Pettis not Pettis knows he was losing. Like, he, yeah, he was. He was, he was for sure. outclassing him. Whatever. He just let his guard down the last five seconds of the round, and Pettis just did some wild stuff like he always does and got lucky. But, but I mean, it's still know, a loss. But and it's crazy. Um, you usually fighters. Styles get f- figured out pretty quick, right? But no one still has yet to crack the puzzle of mm-hmm. Wonder Boy. I mean, with with Woodley, but it took him five rounds basically. Yeah, I mean, and it took one shot, but and Wonder Boy's coming off of two wins of some pretty impressive. They're pretty impressive wins. Vicente Luque is he's a beast. He's like one of the toughest dudes in that division. He's just tough. Yeah, well, I think Woodley might. Take another loss to that guy. To be I, honest, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like he's man. Every fight I've seen Luke in, 
he can take a hit, but he can give a hit too. Like he can, yeah. He's he's had one of those heavy handed, tough chin dudes, and he just like goes in swinging. But yeah, I still have hope for Wonder Boy. I I have all the faith in the world in Wonder Boy. I think Wonder Boy, I think Leon might be a little nervous to fight him, which is understandable. I mean, Wonder Boy did call him out after his last win. Mm-hmm. According to sources in the MMA community, Leon didn't want to fight him, which is kind of weird because, I mean, he chose to fight a number 13 ranked guy on three weeks' notice, <laughs> but he didn't want to fight the number five ranked guy. I don't know. Kind of strange, but we'll see. I do think Wonder Boy, it would be fun to see Wonder Boy fight for the belt. I think it's a great story, and I think, I don't think Wonder Boy's record leading up to right now is fully reflective of how good he is. Because I honestly think he won the Till fight, too. I don't think he lost to Darren Till. I really don't. <laughs> I had mm, Wonder Boy win. Yeah, I had, I had it, it's, it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I think he can give Usman a little, a little bit of problems, to be honest with you, like he does everyone. But, I mean, Wonder Boy was calling out Jeff, Jeff Neal, who no one wanted to fight, right. and Wonder Boy handled that. Um, how do you so hate yeah. the guy? How do you hate the guy? I mean, how do you not root for Wonder Boy? He's just he's taking on anyone. He's fighting the people that no one wants to fight. He fought Tyron Woodley twice, which I don't think anyone has done ever. It's impressive, and that was when Tyron was dangerous, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So speaking on the main event with uh, Leon and Bilal, um, how it it is ending, how that fight ended in an eye poke and. You know, no contest, right? Yeah, or, yeah, no contest. So that that goes with another fight ending and these eye pokes and these injuries that are happening with big fights and main events. I mean, that's not the only that's not the only one that's ever happened. You know, it's being more of a problem with eye pokes now with fights ending very very early. Um, you know, you have I think it's time for the UFC to do some um, redesigning with their gloves. Yeah, maybe even if it's like covered like a boxing glove, but it's lighter, something like that. I mean, going back to I mean Trevor Whitman, last time he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, he he has gloves that he designed himself that are meant for, you know, they curve the fingers for you, so you don't have to curve your fingers because yeah. the UFC gloves right now, your fingers are just straight up when you want them to be straight up. So there's curvature in the gloves that Trevor Whitman designed that keep their fingers curved. So it's designed for less eye poking. And that's the idea. Um, I remember Trevor Whitman saying that he did pitch it to the UFC, but they couldn't come to an agreement because I think, I think the UFC wanted to like own that design and Trevor Whitman didn't want to give that up. Bunch of greedy bastards. Yeah. That's what it sounded like when Trevor Whitman was telling the story. Because I think Trevor Woodman, I think he wants he wants it to be used in all of MMA, not just like a UFC thing. You know what I mean? So he wants it to impact the whole MMA community and the whole MMA world. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Dana called him back up and said, hey, let's talk again <laughs> after that fight. Because even the whole, just the, even the, the backlash on Twitter, you know, the whole, all the MMA fighters and all the UFC fighters, they were all coming out and saying like, this needs to be taken care of. Like, this is just a big problem. So, we'll see. Yeah, this problem is getting up there with judges, I think. Yeah, yeah, the whole judges thing. That's the second thing. Everyone blames the UFC, and they're like, Dana needs to do something. But 
people don't realize like this is a totally different about like yeah yeah. exactly the ufc has nothing to do with the judges like they don't choose the judges dana doesn't just hire people and like read applications for judges no it's all the state athletic commission so which is crazy i still think it is crazy it is but i don't understand how that's happened but that's something that's carried over from the boxing world you know what i mean so it's like i don't know Things will never be perfect, but we'll see. We'll see if any adjustments are made this next year. Because we're still early in the year. We've still got a lot of big fights coming up, so we'll see. Yeah, Dana, what what is it going to take for this new design of gloves? Well, I was worried about Bilal because he was saying he couldn't see anything. And I was like, crap, that would be bad if he was, like, permanently blinded. You know? Yeah, that was scary. That, I mean, that would be scary. Who's the fighter? Man, he just retired. I can't remember who it was. But he retired, and he said he, it was because he lost 40% eye, uh, vision in one of his eyes. I can't remember who it was. Bisbing? Well, yeah, that uh, he just has one eye in general, <laughs> too. <laughs> I freaking love that guy. I, he might be my new favorite commentator, actually, to be honest. but Dude, uh, he gets so much hate. I don't know why. I like him. When when people, like, when the car starts and his voice, once his voice hits, tweets come in like, <laughs> Oh, we get Bisbing again tonight? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like the combo of Bisbing and DC. Bisbing, DC, and Anik. I do like that combo. But I don't know. I've always been a Bisbing fanboy. I've always loved him. Even since, ever since he was a competitor on Tough, I was like, dude, I love this guy. Yeah, Bisbing gets wild on the commentator sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's funny, though. I love his commentating. You could hear the thoughts. I love what he says. He always says thoughts. I'm like, dude, I love it. So to um, move past that event and move on to the Saturday with a big main event that we have going on yeah. in the middleweight division, uh, we got Derek Brunson versus um, Kevin Holland. It's, you know, it's um, going to be fun. I mean, because this is like Derek Brunson 2.0. He's not the same Derek. I mean, he's made so many adjustments, and that's been very apparent in his last couple of fights. I mean the way he the way Brunson beat uh, Edmund Shabazian, yeah, a hot new prospect in the UFC who everyone thought this guy might be the one to beat Izzy, right? Man, yeah, Brunson handled that so nicely. I think it was after he lost to Izzy that he kind of changed things up, right? He kind of slowed things down and just kind of became more calculated, methodical, patient. Yeah, and he's just. I mean, it was nice. He beat him. It was easy. He made it look easy. He made it look almost effortless when he beat Edmund, to be honest. I mean, he looked really good. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see. He, he um, made Edmund look like a like a prospect, like a real prospect. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does against Kevin Holland, to be honest. it's. I think he's ranked, what, what is Brunson number seven? Is that what he is in the middleweight? Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Because if he is number seven, and he yep, beats number seven, where's uh Holland at? Kevin Holland, number ten. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty big win for either of them. I mean, it's definitely a bigger win for Kevin Holland. I think if he were to, to be the number seven. Yeah. I mean, who's to say? Kevin Holland beats Derek Brunson. Who's to say? Like he could be one. One more fight away from fighting for the title, to be honest. I mean. It's very, right very now, possible. Yeah, like I think it is. I mean, I, I would be surprised. 
let's say Holland wins, right? Kevin Holland wins, and he wins easily, you know? He, and he shows he can hang with the top 10 guys, no problem. I would, I would think that they would give him uh, Kelvin Gasolin, to be honest. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Yeah, I think Kelvin Gasolin would be the matchup to make. And, and I, I do think that the UFC is probably done with Kelvin. I'm not going to say they're done, but like, I mean, they got this new prospect coming up and he's been talking trash to Izzy and he's got kind of this drama that goes all the way back. He, apparently he claims that Izzy kind of dissed him back in the day. And he, he talked about that on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. So he does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and he does want to fight Izzy and he does think that he is the answer to the problem we know as Israel. So we'll see. I mean, Derek Brunson, that's not going to be an easy fight. I don't think it is. It'll be very telling of Kevin Holland's skill, like where his skill is at. I think we're going to see that this weekend, like for sure, like how good he really is. Holland and Brunson both, it's like they both have wild striking, but it's very uh, tamed for some reason. Like it's like it seems wild and they're just throwing um, sporadic uh shots but it's right. very seems very calculated though at the same time yeah, i don't know if that makes sense or no, not i think you know like it's they're unconventional like i think that's the best yeah yeah, yeah. that's like, the word like they're they're just the angles they throw with their kicks and their punches it's almost like it just looks different and you're just kind of like that's kind of different that's just kind of strange like it just doesn't look clean but then they end up like just like Derek brunson with edmund it didn't look clean. It didn't look like, you know, precise and accurate like Izzy when he throws a punch or a kick. But he still won all three rounds easy or five rounds, yeah. whatever it was. I can't remember if it was a main event or not. I think it was, but they still get it done. So it's going to be – it'll be nice. Like it, it'll be nice to see because it's kind of like the future. It, it'll definitely give us a glimpse into the future of the middleweight, especially if Kevin Holland wins. It's kind of like it'll definitely put him on the map. So – because this is, this is his first top 10, right? His first top 10 opponent. It is. Yeah, so this will this is a big fight for him. Yeah, Holland Holland versus anyone in the top five is very, very exciting. Who's top five? Stout. You got Paolo Costa. You got Robert from Whitaker. one to five, you got Whitaker, Costa, Cannoneer, Till, and Vittori. Is Whitaker I mean, ranked below Cannoneer? No, Whitaker is actually number one. Oh, okay, okay. I freaking love that guy. Gosh dang it. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to see because it just throws a whole nother element into that whole, you know, top five or top ten, whatever, like just because the middleweight's pretty busy right now. And just yeah. to throw another piece in there, especially a piece that's Kevin Holland, who's like this kind of new age, you know, he's kind of good all around. You know, he's got ground game, he's got stand-up. He's marketable because he trash talks too, and he seems pretty bright. He seems well-spoken. So it'll be a nice new um, addition just to all the drama and the, just the whole middleweight picture, you know. So it'll be cool. I'm pretty sure Dan is hoping for it. I think he, I think he's hoping for Kevin Holland to win, to be honest. But uh, In the words of Joe Rogan, that guy is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. I got to get I just love when he like even does the sound effects of like the kicks and everything. He just gets really into it. 
pretty funny. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like he gets carried away with the sound effects and people are just sitting there like, okay, like calm down, guy. Calm down. <laughs> Yeah. But the co-main, the co-main of this card is is dope too. You got Gregor Gillespie coming oh, back, right, right, right. And you got Brad Riddell. And for those who don't know Brad Riddell, he fights with, he trains with Izzy up there in kick, City Kickboxing. So um, he's also an exciting prospect coming up, and actually could make his way into the top fifteen if he beats Gregor Gillespie. This is a it's a big bounce back for, for Gregor. I mean, we'll see how he comes yeah, out. Yeah, dude. After that nasty yeah. head kick by Kevin Lee. That was November of 2019 when that happened. So he took a lot of time off, which is probably – it's probably good. After some, after a knockout like that, you probably need a year plus to, to come back from that just to make sure everything's functioning and working okay. So Yeah, I'm, I'm actually see how he comes back, though. He's a very likable guy, too. I remember he got on Twitter after it happened because a lot of people were like throwing hate towards Kevin Lee and they're like, oh, it was a fluke. It was a fluke. He just caught him. And Gregor was like, no. Like he stood up for Kevin Lee and he was like, no, it wasn't a fluke. He caught me. He beat me. He's the better man. I'll be back. <laughs> I was like, I respect to you, man. Gregor looks like he'd be like the role, the star of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got like the yeah, he's got, he's the got face, that look. Eyes, the, it's kind of that cold, kind of weird look. Kind of looks like yeah, especially with that hair. He's like Steve Junior. Kind of, he kind of like has a Steve <laughs> look going on. But yeah, I mean, he's only got one loss, so I mean, yeah, he's still got a lot of promise. He's tough as hell too. So, so it's exciting. Uh, <laughs> co-main and main for this weekend. Um. Yeah, any any other words or anything to wrap up? No, Some I think. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna definitely try to be more regular with uh, posting, and we're gonna get our social media up and try to include some communication with the listeners and the followers, because we definitely would like to not only just have this platform to speak our own opinions, but we do want to communicate with others and see what other people think and. Yeah, for sure. It'll be yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, we'll even in the future we'll start bringing on some guests and stuff and. My, my Some name friends is, who, yeah, friends. You got Shane, right? Yeah, friends who who watch the watch, watch the sport and um, got some enthusiasts, like the, and also some people that actually compete in the world of MMA. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, I'm telling you, I'm hoping for it, dude, and I'm gonna push for it hard. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Megan Olivi and Joe Benavides on this show. I promise. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know, dude. I think I listen to their podcast and they got such a great podcast. It's so fun to hear their dynamic and their back and forth. And they're like around our age too. They're a little older, but so like all their references, like I get all their references all the time. Yeah, it's it's a pretty dope podcast. <clears throat> they just started well, I, it too. Megan Olivia got interviewed before for Fight Island, the first pit fight there, Fight Island. She got interviewed and Ever since then, I've been wanting more Megan O'Leary content from she's the UFC. Dope. She's dope. Yeah, she's pretty dope. She's a great voice to have. Yeah, it's it's funny too because like you know, kind of traditionally in the world, right? Like the woman in the relationship is the noob to the sports world, and the the man knows everything about sports. But it's in their relationship is totally opposite. Like Joe knows MMA, but like ever anything else, like Megan knows like baseball, basketball, wrestling, all that stuff. She like grew up in a sports family. It's pretty funny. <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah, I mean, they, they live in Vegas, so we got that Vegas connection. Mark my yeah. words, one day they'll be out here. <laughs> oh, shit. There you have it. Yeah. But, yeah, guys, um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Um, we do plan to have more growth on this podcast. So hope you guys keep supporting, keep listening, and stay with us through the growth. Yeah, and more exciting things to come for Worth the Way podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week and recapping this car next this weekend. And yeah, talk to you guys later. Peace.